Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. See, that's what I'm talking about. Some Christmas music bump. This is specifically with John Scott coming aboard. John, I told Josh to uh, play some Christmas music today and when... You were coming on. I said we gotta get some boy band Christmas music, right? Do you have any? Do you have any favorite Christmas music? I, we we Josh chose chose some in sync for you here. And by the way, good morning to you. Love that song. Love, of course, Mariah Carey. All I want for Christmas yeah. is you. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Pentatonics, an acapella group that started wow. on an NBC show years and years and years ago, and now they've elevated into a Grammy award winning group that pumps out a Christmas album every single year, um, and they're phenomenal. So I, I, I like it all. I <clears throat> choose to wait until about this time of the year, of the season, to fully immerse myself into the Christmas music. I can't do it right after Thanksgiving like some people do, and I know the radio station, one of them in town does, but uh, – it's great music. It's it's a great time, and and yeah, we you know we're we're in the home stretch here. So the next week it'll be, it'll be full full go Christmas music. Yeah, I mean I'm not familiar with this group. Tell me more about them. Who? What's their name? And what what kind? What does their music sound like? So Pentatonics is their name. They're five people, an acapella group, and love it. They cover all sorts of Christmas music. They'll even sometimes bring in. Other artists, like Jennifer Hudson's done some stuff with them, Jason Derulo and Nana Christmas stuff. Um, and so no instruments. It's all vocals. And they're just, I mean, they're, they're incredible. I mean, they got people, there's five of them, and they all probably could do something individually should they choose. But uh, they go on tour and uh, sell out. They're, they're just a, a phenomenal group. They were on a NBC singing show over a decade ago called the sing-off and that's how i first became to know who they were and uh 
now, thankfully, uh, they have been incredibly successful. They had a cameo in, in Pitch Perfect 2, I believe it was, with uh, a certain Josh right. Allen girlfriend. So, um, yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, a gr- it's a great group. And uh, for anyone who hasn't listened to them, Pentatonics, they have a bunch of Christmas albums, and, and they're pretty popular this, this time of year. John Scott, Spectrum News 1, joining me here on the West Her Hotline. We had a caller earlier, and I'm sure you've seen the video going viral of Josh getting the A game ball from the locker room, and somebody was mad. There's somebody, there was some Miami troll who, I mean, I guess it picked up like, oh, my God, imagine being James Cook and Josh Allen gets the game ball. And I said, yeah, but, you know, we don't know. And then someone said, well, how do you not know? You cover the team. It is kind of interesting. Like, we don't really get that information, right? You're on the beat. They don't come out and announce who got the game balls every game. I would imagine maybe James Cook got one. I have no idea, but Josh got one, obviously, for breaking the uh, record of most games in a season with a touchdown pass and a touchdown run. But we don't really get that information right offhand. And who cares, to be perfectly honest with right. you? I mean, there's so yeah. much that goes into getting a game ball, and the only reason anyone even acknowledges the game ball situation is because of the moments after wins that the team puts out the post-game speech from Sean and and all of that stuff. Who cares? I I will just say this in terms of also things that don't matter, but that maybe kind of plays into the, why did Josh get a game ball after a game that he was completed seven passes? I saw a headline on ESPN this morning that was, that said Josh Allen game manager question mark. And it's just (laughs) like, Holy smokes, man. Even, even when it's running well, the uh, the nonsense outside of of the Western New York bubble uh, continues. I mean, how many times have you or I been asked on a radio program, a TV program, whatever, by an out of town market, a national show? Are they asking Josh Allen to do too much? And then this happens, and is he a game manager? What what are we doing? You cannot have it both ways here. Absolutely not. And actually, I think it was on Get Up, which is fascinating after Mike Greenberg's phenomenal assessment of things over the past week or so of supporting Josh Allen, while many others were were seeming to doubt him and this team overall. What I always tell people, and this is not egotistical or anything like that, especially with a team like the Buffalo Bills, you really just have to focus on what is being said locally, because the national people oftentimes don't truly have an accurate pulse on things. And, I'm, and I know I'm generalizing, but oftentimes mm-hmm. they, they look at things from such a wide perspective that they don't necessarily have the most accurate understanding of actually what is happening. And, and that's where the likes of you, myself, and, and many others here that cover the team regularly are a true aid to Bill's Mafia. John, is it as simple as the offensive coordinator change over the last few weeks for you on what's been better about the offense? I think it's, yes, in two ways. I think what Joe Brady is calling and maybe the energy that Sean McDermott has referenced multiple times since the move was made, that has helped them. But let's also understand they're not turning the football over the same way. They're not committing the stupid penalties the same way. We did see some drops this past game, but James Cook ran past all of those and and overcame those. 
the mistakes. They are just so much tighter offensively than they were under Ken Dorsey. And that's where coming out of the Denver game, he gets fired. That game was not a this is Ken Dorsey's fault game. It just happened to be they lost in a stupid way. Something had to change, and Dorsey was the guy because the offense overall had not been performing remotely close to the way that they should be. I think maybe it was as much a wake-up call to the guys on that unit. Hey, we cost a guy we really love his job, and now we may cost ourselves a chance to make the playoffs and pursue another Super Bowl run if we continue to play so loose and not be focused on the fine details and stop making stupid mistakes. So I think it's, it's a twofold reaction that has come from the Ken Dorsey to Joe Brady move is Brady is doing some of the things that I'm sure all of us have discussed of incorporating James Cook more, letting Josh Allen run more, using more motion and being a little more diversified in the way the offense is operated and personnel packages and things like that. And it's not perfect, but it's better than it was. And then I just think the players themselves maybe really came together and said, we cost someone their job. It is now on us to, for ourselves, for our season, to get our act together as well. Let's go to the other side of the ball. You, you see the dip in production and the issues the defense had immediately after the injuries for the next several weeks. And now it's come back the other way. And the way I've been explaining it, you tell me if you agree with this, but you know, it, it takes time sometimes to figure out who does what well. And that comes from both the player side and the coach's side. Look at the fact that Dorian Williams was playing more, and now it's more Tyrell Dotson. And even Balen Spector got in the game last week ahead of him. That's not a shot at Dorian Williams. My point I'm trying to make is it takes time on task to get these guys in and say, well, you know what, that's not really the role that he's best at. I think that Tyrell Dotson, they've kind of figured out a better way to play him, and he's been more productive the last few weeks. Is, is that what it is for you, too, is just time on task and understanding how the, these, these parts have to gel together? That and Sean McDermott is a really freaking good defensive coordinator. He's a great yeah. defensive mind. And this is not a – I'm not referencing anything that's happened over the past few weeks. Just there's been a lot of criticism around Sean. And some of it, I think, is justified. I think the in-game stuff and some of his decision-making, the Philadelphia game, things like that, rightfully so, he deserves criticism. But as much criticism as he deserves in that aspect of being a head coach, he deserves equal if not greater praise for the job he has done with this defense this season as the man in the hot seat. Because I love Leslie Frazier. I think he's a great defensive mind. I'm not sure – he would be able to adjust the way that Sean has to all of the things that have happened to this defense with guys going down. I mean, to not simply say, hey, we're going to play next man up, but we're still going to play nickel defense all the time, and Taron's always going to play 90% of the snaps, and we're going to always have two linebackers. For Sean to find ways to maximize the people he does have in terms of the three safety looks, going base defense, out of left field a couple times against the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, and blitzing at certain times while also seeming to cover guys. And and, and the way he's been able to maneuver all of these pieces, I think needs a greater appreciation from the fan base and, and, and those on the outside because he has been 
phenomenal at navigating something that has been incredibly hard, and the defense, by and large, has not missed a beat. John Scott on the Wester Hotline, Spectrum News 1. It's a great point. Um, you know, the, the adjustment part of it is right. They've made some adjustments here, and now they have to maybe adjust with Jordan Phillips being out a little bit here. But maybe Daquan Jones is coming back. How, how big of an infusion would that be to get Daquan Jones? If Now, there's some hints. He posted something on Instagram, apparently, maybe hinting that he could be available soon. We know that Sean's discussed that a little bit. What kind of impact do you think losing Jordan Phillips could be, but then also maybe gaining Daquan Jones here down the stretch? 100. Daquan Jones was arguably their best defensive lineman, period, outside of Leonard Floyd at the time that he got hurt. And I think it's we always, even dating back to, of course, Starla Tulele and others, the interior guys are really hard to understand their value because oftentimes they're not splashing. They're doing jobs that aren't required to be seen or noticed. And Daquan Jones was even being noticed in his role early on in the season. He's a beast. And I think his attitude also, he's such a, on the surface, a reserved guy. But when I sat down with him a year ago, I mean, he's ferocious. I mean, his mentality resonates throughout the rest of that line. We've seen Ed Oliver elevate his game to what should be, in my opinion, a Pro Bowl appearance for the first time. And now you bring back Daquan Jones potentially, even if Jordan Phillips was healthy, it also slides all of these guys into maybe their more appropriate role. Maybe they're not playing as many snaps. And now if you bring back Daquan, that obviously is a one-for-one for for Jordan Phillips. I I wouldn't anticipate that happening this week, but at some point. And then once if you get everybody back, now you're adding in Linval Joseph to a group on the inside that wasn't there at the beginning of the season. And now you're just even deeper. It's, it's amazing. Again, you talk about versatility. We've seen Sean kick guys like Greg Rousseau inside, or even put Ed Oliver on the outside. I mean, that just adds a whole different dynamic to a defensive front that I think has been a a bright spot by and large this season. How about, how about Jordan Phillips at defensive end getting a sack last week? (laughs) He kicked outside. Yeah, I, and again, that's also just Sean putting them in that position right? because you would never think of that, a guy the size and, and, and the abilities of Jordan Phillips, but he's an athletic, big, big guy. And, and imagine you throw that to a, an offensive line, what the heck? We got Jordan Phillips on the outside. We got this guy, Greg Rousseau, on the inside. It, it's, it, it, it confuses them and makes them think a lot more quickly uh, great stuff there. And, and yeah, I, I think injuries are going to happen. They've done a great job of navigating them. And, and if they could get Daquan Jones back, I mean, we saw what happened in the Cincinnati game when he wasn't there. Mm-hmm. I think if this defensive line, I think they have been the biggest reason the rest of the defense has been able to absorb the injuries they sustain because there was a little lull, but again, most of this season, I think they've been very good at consistently producing pressure. John Scott, Spectrum News 1. We, you and I, are on a collision course in fantasy football. We just have to take care of the uh, this week in our media league. You have Jonah Bronstein in the semifinals. I have Jonah Javad. We're playing the two Jonas, you and I. We got to beat the, the Jonah brothers, I guess you'd say, and then we could uh, match up in the championship. We, we've had the two best teams all year, but now it's crunch time. We got to get it taken care of. My only loss in, I think, over two months, 
was to you when you put up 180. I think I still put up 150. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, my team's been humming. I even in a buy put up 150 last week. So saw that. Uh, it, it it'll it'll be interesting. It, it, I always maybe I'm a pessimist. <laughs> I always look at it and say, well, my luck's got to run out at some point. Uh, it has not been an overall very good fantasy year for me. I lost a playoff game this past week in another league by 1.7 points. So uh, this is all I got left. So hopefully I can uh, forge ahead to the championship and not be the one seed that gets bounced immediately. You are an Ohio State fan. I'm going to ask you about Kyle McCord in a minute. But first, just how everything played out at the end of the year with the CFP and who made it and who didn't. How did that rub you? Do you think that the committee got it right or wrong? I thought it was fine. It's unfortunate. Listen, I completely understand the gripe that Florida State would have. Hey, what are we supposed to do? We did everything we're supposed to. We're a power five. But the committee has made it clear from the beginning that they look at teams and say, who are the four best teams that can compete in this playoff right now? And they have to take injuries into account. And Florida State's quarterback situation is bad because of injuries. And you put Florida State in there – they're going to be, what, over a touchdown at least underdog from the beginning? And, and who needs to see that type of performance? I, I just I, I think it's fine to put those teams in. I actually think they're phenomenal matchups, and I look forward to Michigan losing. <laughs> I love it. All right, now listen, you, you are not a big Kyle McCord fan. You're Ohio State Buckeyes. And I understand because you're so used to C.J. Stroud and Justin Fields and these amazing quarterbacks. But, you know, at Syracuse, we don't have that, these kinds of teams that Ohio State has had. Kyle McCord now goes into the portal. He commits to Syracuse. I'm excited to get a guy like this. Am I over? Should I I be that excited? I mean, what can he do for the Syracuse Orange? I'm going to talk to you objectively. I'm not going to talk in my fan, my fandom. Okay. All right. Kyle McCord is not an Ohio State caliber quarterback. So, yes, I understand the hype that Syracuse fans have. Oh, my gosh, we got Kyle McCord. He beat Notre Dame. He had all of these things. Yes, it's Ohio State's been on an incredible run of Dwayne Haskins, Justin Fields, C.J. Stroud, first-round picks. That's not going to happen every year. But McCord had issues from start to finish – reading defenses with accuracy, and oh, by the way, he was not developing through the season with arguably the greatest wide receiver in college football in a decade plus, at least probably another first-round wide receiver at the other side, a running back who's probably going to get picked in at least the second or third round, a tight end that's probably going to get drafted. I mean, they're just littered with five, four, five-star recruits. The talent around Kyle McCord It's certainly not what he's going to be surrounded by at Syracuse, as great as Mm -hmm. this coach has done at bringing in talent through the portal. So to me, it's I saw what he was, and he's not a freshman. He's been around for a while. He hasn't developed with one of the most talented offensive rosters in all of the nation. What makes me think that he's going to be overly successful with lesser talent around him at Syracuse that's that's just that's the way it is and imagine what the numbers would have been if he wasn't throwing to Marvin Harrison on some of these plays he bailed him out time and time again 
So, yes, Ohio State as a team had a, not for Ohio State standards, but for Syracuse standards, I mean, they lost one game, and Kyle McCord was the quarterback. But he was the reason that they did not achieve what they should have as an overall team. And uh, that's why I'm not very high or think that he's going to be the savior for Syracuse. Now, as I've talked to Syracuse people, you included, all that being said, he still probably is the most talented quarterback Syracuse has had in like 30 years. So it doesn't mean it's, it's bad for them. I just don't, I wouldn't expect just because he's coming from Ohio state that he's going to be this savior of sorts. You know, that's a lot of disrespect for our guy, Eric Dungy at Syracuse. And how about, you know, uh, Ron, uh, you know, um, Greg Paulus up at Niagara. Greg Paulus did pretty well when he was there for a year going from Duke to Syracuse, but you're right. I mean, the, the level of player, you know, coming out and what they can get will help. I would say, I think that, like, while well, the competition he's going to face, but honestly, John, the ACC wasn't bad this year. The ACC had quite a few good teams. So normally you'd think, yeah, but he's not an Ohio State caliber quarterback, but he's also going to be facing lesser competition. That's not really the case going to Syracuse next year. The ACC has been pretty good. And I wasn't overly impressed with the Big Ten. I know they had teams scattered yeah. around the top 25 at points. But really, it was Michigan and Ohio State the whole time. Even Penn State, I'm sorry, I know there's a, a group around Western New York that's Penn State fans. They're frauds every year. I'm sorry. They just they just Ooh. are. They're, they'll, they'll win 9 to 10 games. It's fine. They'll beat up on the bad teams in the Big Ten. But they, they're not even remotely close to a top-tier Big Ten team in the caliber or echelon of Ohio State and Michigan. They think it every year because they – roll into the Michigan or Ohio State game undefeated or whatever, but it, they're, they're just not. They're frauds. So um, I'm not usually overly impressed with the Big Ten. I wasn't this year. So uh, I would agree with your sentiment that I, I don't think it's he, he's going to be catching that big of a break by moving from the Big Ten over to the ACC. Man, John Scott today on the Extra Point Show laying the smackdown to Penn State and their fans. You can uh... – Get after him on Twitter if you want to do that. And in the meantime, he can tell you all about um, the Buffalo end zone uh, with you and Kevin Carroll. What do you guys got going on? Yeah, so we're we're going to do our game preview for the Chargers game podcast episode tonight, probably 5, 6 o'clock. That'll come out YouTube on our YouTube page, Buffalo end zone podcast YouTube, and then on all your podcast platforms. And then after the game, I'll be out there in Los Angeles on Saturday, and we'll have the post-game yep. show with Kevin Carroll and Fred Jackson's on there to provide his anal- analysis and be in the locker room and post-game stuff and all of that. And you can find that on Spectrum News 1 in Buffalo and in Rochester. Yeah, and uh, I'll see you out in L.A. In the meantime, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to you, your family, Heather, Otto, everybody. And, um, you know, you guys have a, a great weekend, but I'll see you out in L.A., obviously. And for all you Penn State fans who want to get after John, it's at John Scott TV on X at John with it with no H at John. I want to hear. I want you to hear from the Penn State fans today after that SmackDown. Buddy. I, That's what I want. Nothing would give me greater joy this Christmas season <laughs> than to go at it with fraudulent Penn State fans. I love it. All right, buddy. Be good and uh, Merry Christmas to you. All right, I'll see you soon. Bye. Yeah, for sure. That's John Scott, Spectrum News One. Always good to chat with John. He knows his stuff. Good insight. Yeah, I'm look, I'm excited. You know, you think about Syracuse football. Kyle McCord, Ohio State. 
one of the top-ranked teams in the country. He's been there three years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, he's not wrong. The numbers aren't great for Kyle McCord. He's like a 65, 66% passer or something like that last year at Ohio State with great weapons, great receiver Marvin Harrison Jr. But I'm still excited. I like what Fran Brown's building. I like what he's doing. He's bringing in some nice recruits. Um, Devin Grant, I believe, also from UB. And I know it's a big loss for UB, and, and that stinks here locally. But it's a big you know get for Syracuse to get a guy – you know, in the secondary like that, who, by the way, I believe he is Dean Marlowe's nephew. Interestingly enough, he also had, he had two pick sixes in a game earlier uh, this year for the UB Bulls. So um, Fran Brown working the transfer portal and Kyle McCord, the quarterback there. In the meantime, uh, check out John, like I said, on social at John Scott TV, J-O-N Scott TV. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back here and we'll take more of your phone calls. If you want to jump on board, 803-0550. I want to take a look ahead and just kind of navigate through what the Bills do have to do here and what they have to rely on and how it looks for them heading into week number 16 and uh, game number 15 against the Chargers on Saturday. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Ramping you up for Christmas. This week here in the Extra Point Show. Sal Capaccio, glad to be along with you. Josh Schmidt producing. Joe is off. We have five more days until Santa comes down the tree. Down, I'm sorry, down the chimney. Put some uh, presents under the tree. And yes, even if your house doesn't have a chimney, he'll find his way in. He's Santa. That's what he does. How are you doing on your Christmas shopping there, Josh? I actually just finished up yesterday. This has been the most right. stressful year for me because usually I have it all done like with a couple weeks to go yeah. before Christmas. But um, I slacked off this year and uh, finished it up yesterday. But I still have to wrap everything. But I always like doing that as like oh, it's a couple days listen, away. That is, but that's the tough part, right? I I am really truly I'm not I'm not I am the worst gift wrapper of all time. Like my my gift wrapping is it's. There's holes, there's weird angles. <laughs> it's just, there's way too much, way too much paper, lots of tape. It's, it's the worst. Like if you, I, you could, okay, you could take a hundred people and say, wrap something, the same gift for the same box and put it, you would easily pick mine out. It would cl- 
totally be the worst ever. See, I think uh, the main key is the paper. If if you have quality paper, you're going to have a quality wrapping present, like quality time wrapping the present. If you have like just, you know, it's flimsy, it's kind of thin, it's you're, you're not going to enjoy yourself and it's not going to be easy and it's going to not look great at the end of it. But if you have the qu- high quality paper, it makes it all better. And like I said, I love I love that aspect of it. And I usually wait till like a day or two before because I just, I don't know, I get all excited about it and stuff. But um, sometimes that's also a little bit to my own detriment because then I'm rushing to get everything wrapped. And then I'm, did I forget something? Yeah. Is something still sitting in my closet that I forgot about? And I'll find it in three months or something. So I don't know. It's got its <laughs> ups and downs. Let's get back out to the phone lines. 803-0550. Walter is up next in Toronto. What's going on, Walter? Hey, gentlemen. I um, I just read this morning on Twitter that uh, there's a good chance that Cook's going to be the uh, AFC Player of the Week, Offensive Player of the Week. Well, he should be. I mean, I I mentioned in my article after the game that like that kind of performance should clearly do it unless someone just had a you – know, you, I mean, what would it take to beat him out? Yeah, I haven't looked around, but, man, that performance itself without even looking around the league should give him that. I mean, Joe Flacco threw for over 200 yards in the fourth quarter, I guess, maybe. But I think his performance should put him right there and give him the AFC Offensive Player of the Week. We'll find that out tomorrow, by the way. Yeah, let's uh, let's see. If Flacco, they, they might give it to him just because, you know, uh, uh, it's a miracle he's doing at his age. But uh, last quick thing, I remember last year calling and kind of saying, McDermott was off base by benching Cook after his first carry, which turned out to be a fumble. That's going to be a trivia question for for Cook, because I'm sure he's going to have a great career. And but the prevailing thought was, hey, you got to hang on to the ball or else you don't play. And I mean, he rolled the pines almost all year because of that. He, the transition wasn't done. I mean, he only took the job from Singletary in the offseason when, when Singletary was moved on. I'm just wondering if McDermott would have had a different tack. We, we have seen this cook earlier because he would develop faster, maybe even in, against Cincinnati in the playoffs, because he was he was lights out the other day. But I think I think well, I I would I would I would push back on the notion that he was benched or rode the pine because of one fumble for the rest of the year. I don't think that's the case. I think that he and wait, hold on hold on hold on a second hold on a second hold on a second. He I mean the next game he had eleven carries. In the very next game, the next week. I know that was a blowout against Tennessee. He didn't have... I agree with you. He should have played more, Walter. I'm not saying that. I don't think it was because he had the one fumble early in the season. I think it was because they trusted Devin Singletary. He was a four-year player, and he was having a good year. Devin Singletary had a nice year last year. Not a great, incredible year. He had a nice year. I agree. James Cook should have got more time, but sometimes players take a little longer to develop. And I would also point out, he was taking more carries from him by the end of the year, starting in, like, December. No, I no, I realize that. I just, I just think the progression, albeit fantastic, has been kind of slow. And I don't know. I mean, we were nervous a couple of week, games ago when Cook got benched for the first quarter. Remember, we're like, "You're Agreed. Agreed. What's he doing on the bench?" <laughs> like, I still can't buy into this philosophy. You know, uh, I I don't disagree. I I think it's a quick hook sometimes, too quick. I I don't disagree with that part of it, and and I don't like seeing it. I mean, if he's going to help you win, he's going to help you win. Um, so, you know, again, I, a few weeks ago, I asked Sean about that. It was after the Denver game, after the, he comes on Friday with me and he basically said, yeah, you know, younger players and trusting and those kinds of things, but you know, it's time to go. And James Cook's your best option. And we all see that now. So 
Let's hope he doesn't fumble, but I do wonder what the response would be now, given what he's been doing, if that were the case, if he would just take him out. Um, he didn't play every single snap last week, and I remember being on the field and someone saying to me, man, James Cook's playing so well. Why is Ty Johnson in? Well, I mean, you also, he's taking a beating out there when he's getting the ball. You do have to give him a break once in a while, you know what I mean? No, no, and, and you know what, he, he did have that one drop, and I was holding my breath. Oh, no. Yep. I hope, and he came on the very next play, so... So I think I think I think he's reached a comfort level. The coaches have with him that that he'll be playing regardless of fumbles and drops at this point. Yeah, for sure. Hey, uh, Walter, have a great rest of your week, buddy. Thank you. Yeah, all the best. All the best. All right, thank you. Let's go to Mark in West Seneca. Hi, Mark. You're on WGR. Hey, Sal. Uh, just a quick comment on your paper wrapping. I think that should be your thing. I think that you should embrace that. And when you wrap gifts for family and friends. You should do it exactly like you do, and they'll know it's from you. <laughs> oh, that this, I believe me, I do not hold back the shame. I am shamed to be the worst paper gift wrapper ever, and um, that's what you see is what you get. I try. I really do. I try. I'm just not good at it. I, yeah. I was, But here's the other part. Maybe I don't know if this is connected, Mark. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. Like, I'm terrible at art. I can't draw anything. Like, I draw stick figures, and that's about the extent of it. I I can play the drums, I can sing, there's other things in my life I'm good at. I can't draw anything, and I can't rap gifts, and I don't know if any of those things are connected. Well, I have two artists in my family, my, my wife and my, one, my, one of my daughters, and there is nothing worse than watching an artist rap a gift. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. There's just way too much meticulous and it, it gets to be See, annoying <laughs> that's what i mean like there's got to be something to that like isn't there a correlation between how bad i am at like artsy arts and crafts i arts and crafts do nothing for me i'm sorry i know they're great for a lot of people my son loves it uh, not for me i i i would rather probably go to the dentist and go to do something for arts and crafts for an hour all right oh. so that said i'm also horrible at it and it also affects my gift wrapping i think Real quick, uh, I, I got. I was calling you about something you said to John Scott, and then uh, I believe his name was Walter. I want to make a comment on what he was talking about, real quick, about Cook and McDermott. Um, yeah. As far as you, uh, you asked uh, John Scott, is it as simple as just th- that the offense is playing better? As simple as just the coordinator change. And I'm just a fan, and I don't know anywhere near what really goes on. But from the outside looking in, all I can say is this about that. Well, first of all, Dorsey may have been a wonderful guy, okay? None of this is personal. I, I didn't like his style and how he called games all the way into maybe uh, game four or five of last last season, and then the things that were being done last year seemed to be replicating themselves this year. That all being said, 
situational football since Brady has taken over, as far as I'm concerned, is much better. A lot less questions. A lot less questions of why are we lining up in empty sets on the goal line uh, and showing our hand. Why are we things like that? And we could go into all kinds of them. But I think at the end of four games, when you look back, uh, just as simple fans looking at football, and we all think we know it because we watched it for years. Those questions seem to be a lot, lot less under Brady. And, and something as simple as what I'm going to uh, the last game against Dallas. Brady did the hardest thing, in my opinion, that a pro coach can do. He did the simple thing. I think a lot of times coaches overcoach. He stayed with what was working. Even though he has this, arguably the best player in the league, maybe second best player in the league in Allen, under center, he did the simple thing, and look at how it turned out. And he didn't overthink anything, and he did, we're going to make you stop this, and if you don't, guess what? You're going to pay the price. And that was absolutely phenomenal to watch a pro coach do that. I just thought that was great. And then real quick, because I know you got callers, the Cook and, and Sean McDermott. Thing. You know, you are literally the only caller I have online. You're the last one of the day, but I do have to get to a break, so go ahead. Oh, Okay. Uh, as far as Cook and Sean McDermott, Sean McDermott makes no bones about if you're going to play for me, you're going to do things a certain way, okay? And what we don't know, and I'm not saying Cook is, is this way, but we don't know how entitled Cook was coming out of college. The one thing I think you can acknowledge is that these players coming out of college, these guys are great athletes. They, they get to where they are because of their confidence. You know, you can't, they, they don't waver in their belief on how good they are since so they have egos because of that. And Sean McDermott may have had to reel him in somehow. He wasn't doing certain things the way Sean wants him to do. Maybe he was too entitled. And again, the word maybe is very important here. But the biggest No, 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 I like your point. I like your point. I do have to get to a break. So let me let me say it this way, Mark, okay? I like your point. I don't know if I'd say entitled. I think by listening to Sean over the last year or so when it comes to James Cook, even this week talking about it, I don't know if entitled is it. I just think it's just the preparation and knowing as a pro what you have to do in a day in day out to prepare the right way. And, and, and from listening to Sean, it feels like, and it sounds like, and even Brandon Bean last year, like James has come a long way in that department. I don't know if that has to be entitled. It might just simply be, you're coming from the national champion, Georgia Bulldogs and Kirby smart. And now you're coming to the NFL where things got to be more dialed in every single day. And it's tough for a lot of rookies. And it might just simply be having to figure that out on a daily basis. Right. And one of the biggest jobs Sean McDermott has as a head coach or any head coach in the NFL is knowing and understanding your players on an individual basis and knowing what each guy needs individually. And I think Sean takes that very seriously. And, you know, he knows, Sean knows what it takes to be a winner in the NFL. James Cook, when he came into the league, thought he knew. Okay. And well, maybe, maybe. And like I said, I, I do think there's something there with, you know, the preparation practice. Mark, I got to run. Thanks a lot. Happy holidays thanks to you. So. I got to get going. I got to get to a break. But thanks for the phone call. It's a fascinating discussion because we've heard McDermott and even Bean talk about James Cook practice, his week, his preparation, and how he's come a long way. And whatever that means, I don't know. It doesn't mean it's wrong. It doesn't mean it's doing something wrong or it's bad. It just means that there's an adjustment. I said this yesterday. I tweeted this out yesterday. James Cook is a great example of sometimes, and usually most times, actually, you know, young players take a little time. 
It doesn't happen overnight. And when a really young player, a rookie, comes in and hits right away, it skews expectations for everybody else. We can definitely talk about and criticize and say they should have played him more last year. I don't disagree with that from what we saw. We also don't see what's going on Monday through Saturday all the time. And does he really know everything they've put in for the week? And will he be good in this pass protection? Will he understand what to do in this concept? Has the dialed-in preparation been as good as it should be? That's an adjustment for anybody. That's not necessarily even a criticism. It just happens. It's life. It's young people. It's any new job, whatever it is. But it's happening now, and we're seeing the results of it from James Cook in the offense. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. We'll wrap up your Tuesday here in the Extra Point Show on WGR. All right, we're keeping the Christmas music rolling all week on the Extra Point Show. You got me again tomorrow and on Thursday. Friday's a travel day, so we'll figure that out as we go here. Sean McDermott, I believe, is going to be on Thursday this week for his weekly radio appearance, but he will speak today in about an hour, 12.45 p.m. at One Bills Drive. Sean McDermott, an injury update as the Bills start their week with a walkthrough here on a Tuesday. Thanks for being with me here on the Extra Point Show. We'll talk again tomorrow. Sabres live up next. Sabres Blue Jackets tonight, 6 o'clock pregame, 7 o'clock puck drops downtown and right here on WGR. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.